0: This Torah class is brought to you by Torahanytime.com. Very mechanical. Thank you very much, Robertson. Amazing. You have definitely made a path in the snow for many Yiddish Shinnashamas. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rabbi Mansur, for those unbelievable words. It's not fair, but they always ask me to speak last. Tonight... We're learning with Schutz before for Saraleya, Bas Altat Sivya, Shango Gittel, Bas Ida Adina, and for Rifur for Racham Amirina, Bas Brachaleya. For all the girls in Arnava, you'll understand the question that I'm about to ask. For all those who are not in Arnava, one day, you'll understand the question. So I asked the girls of Arnava, who owns Monticello? Who owns Brooklyn College? I would like to acknowledge and to thank my mother, Baruch Hashem, she should have a long life. Is here tonight, my mother-in-law, my wife, my children. I'd like to thank the girls who really run on nava. I just show up Wednesday night to say a few words. Abivid, who made this possible. To Daphne Hansen, who four years ago invited me to speak on a Tisha night and um, really pushed me to start Ornava and now a our seminary. And I really thank you very much for being such a good partner, Daphne. Of course, Elie and the whole Ornava office staff and all the Rabbeim and the Moros and Especially the ones who really make Ornava happen, and that's the Ornava girls. Thank you very much. There will be no Ornava without Jody. I don't know where you are, I can't see it for the crowd, but Jody's helped you all much. And last night about 1.30, that's why I don't like computers. Um, besides the internet, get that in. The computer crashed and we didn't know who had tickets, we didn't have tickets and Ari Spiegel, uh, was a good friend of mine, showed up, and was there till 5.30 in the morning. I want to thank Ari. Thank you very much. <laughs> Kala this one's Kalalashon, and this one's TorahAnyTime.com. And I want to thank them both for every share that I give, putting it out there on the phone, and on the internet, and I thank you very much for helping us spread Torah through the world. Very hard for me to follow Rabbi Manso and, and Robinson Jungreis, especially because they said everything I have written down. <laughs> was, if, you, if you don't mind me saying something, um, the story that you said of the young man who walked into the bookstore, I think when he asked for Buddhism, a book on Buddhism, the guy heard a book on Judaism, and, and I think that's what happened, but I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. So my question is, last year, after Abinam al so everybody came and said Red Wallstein, it's a big success, unbelievable big success, full house, even though Hashem this year it's even a fuller house. And and I really think I, I would like if they could turn the lights on for a second because we should just that no one here is alone. This this house is full. People came to me and they said there are other shiurim that night and Turo College has Turo that night. And you came out and you showed our Kodesh Baruch Hu that there's nothing else besides his Torah. And I thank every woman and girl in this room. Just take a look at this. Unbelievable. But I don't think that we were very successful last year. How does one judge success? So my Rebbe told me If you want to know how good your Yom Kippur was, look back at your year. If you had a good year, you're diving good on Yom Kippur. Do it again. If you didn't have such a good year, diving even harder. So I met some people this week and I said, "Nu, how was your year last year? Like, oh, Rebbe, what a great year. I got married, got a job, it was a great year. It wasn't such a great year, girls. Are we really happy looking around Clydesdale with last year's Yom Kippur? I don't think so. I wrote a list. I actually ran out of lines. Let's look at last year's Yom Kippur by looking at this year. Are there still children with cancer? And the answer is yes. Camp Simcha is not out of business. My daughters worked in Camp Simcha, there's a letter, anyone who works in Camp Simcha knows, there's a letter that comes to the house, it's a very scary letter, and it begins with my deepest regrets, and these are letters when children who were in camp in the summer will not be back next year. Too many of those letters went out this past year. So was our young Kippur last year very good? And the answer is no. Children with cancer, children with disabilities, children losing parents, parents losing children, children that are physically abused, children that are mentally abused, teenagers on drugs, teenagers disconnected from their parents, from their teachers, from their schools, and most importantly, Totally disconnected from Hashem. Children that three weeks right now into the school year still do not have a school. Girls and boys not married. Broken engagements, broken marriages, broken hearts, gambling, poverty, alcoholism, 60% assimilation. So I ask everyone in this crowd How was your Yom Kippur last year? So I didn't know what to speak about tonight And I doubted into Hashem Kodesh baruch Hu. They like when I tell stories They like when I'm funny But I told stories last year And I was funny last year At least I thought I was <laughs> And I didn't erase one line on this list you yeah, open up a Jewish newspaper. I found a newspaper. I was going through some old stuff. What was the Jewish press? I don't know, from 25 years ago. There was no abuse hotline. There was no page on agunos. There was no page on children at risk. Open up a Jewish newspaper today, whatever it is. Abuse hotlines, children at risk, agunos. What's wrong With the Shaduchim situation in America So I'm coming tonight And I want to make a change I want to stand next to Yom Kippur and say The list is blank And therefore I am going to throw an idea out tonight I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings And we'll see what we can do with it But many people in this room don't think that they can change the Rebison mentioned what's going on in the world and I want to tell you a story about a little a young boy who went to his Rebbe there were many problems in his home and he said Rebbe I can't handle what's going on in my house anymore I need help and the Rebbe said fine come to my house tonight and I'll help you and the boy went running to the Rebbe's house and he came inside and the Rebbe said come come to the kitchen And the boy said, the kitchen? I thought you were going to take me into your den. He said, no, no, come to the kitchen. And the young boy walked into the kitchen. And there in the kitchen on the stove, there were three pots. He didn't know that his Rebbe knew how to cook. And the Rebbe said, you see what I got here? The boy says, yeah, three pots Rebbe, I I had supper. Uh, That's not the problem at all. My mother cooks Hashem, that's not. He says, no, no, I want to teach you an important lesson. He says, let's look at the first pot. There's boiling water in the first pot. We're gonna take a potato, hard raw potato. We're gonna stick this potato into this boiling water and we're gonna let it boil for half an hour. And we're gonna go to the second pot, we're gonna take a raw egg, and we're gonna put it into this pot of boiling water, and we're gonna let it boil for an hour. He says, in the third pot, we're gonna take coffee grinds, and we're gonna put that in that pot of hot water, and we're gonna let that boil for an hour. And Kachaya. And then he said, okay. Now I'm going to teach you an important lesson in life. He says, people in life, like the has said, life is a test. We end up in hot water, all of us, in different situations. He said, there are three kinds of people. There's the potato. Let's look at the potato. It's raw, it's hard, it's tough, it's strong. You put it into a pot of hot water and let it boil for a little while and it becomes mush. It becomes a mashed potato. It becomes nothing. He so says, let's take a look at the raw egg. It started off very, very soft, put it into a pot of hot water and now it's a hard egg. So he says, in the third pot, we have a beautiful pot. Steaming hot, delicious coffee. There are three kinds of people. There are people that are very strong. But when they go through a test, they become mush. The hot water turns them from being a person who had a moon and a Hashem, a person who was strong, and now they're going through tough times, they can't deal with it, they get depressed, and they can't deal with it. He says, there are people like a soft egg, they're nice and they're sweet and they're full of chesed and they're good. But that's when life is good. Put them into a situation where there's a problem, and they become hard they no longer have an open door they no longer have patience to listen to other people's problems I have my own problems I don't have time to listen to your problems but you used to listen to my problems but I know that was before I have problems I don't have time for you I'm too busy he says that's when the hot water takes a good sauce person and makes him into a hard egg he says but my child my student look at the third pot you see the first two pots the hot water changed the object. In the third pot, the object changes the hot water. My students, that's what you need to do. Don't allow the problems to change you. You change the problems. So tonight, on this Erev Yom Kippur, Tafshin Samachas, I'm going to make a proposition to everyone in this 2,350 girls how we are going to change the hot water that we are in. It's brought down I'm not going to go deeply into it. It's late. It's brought down in Kabbalah that in the physical world God created Shamayim v'aretz the heavens and the earth. Every person we know is considered a whole world. Every person's body there's a Shamayim and an aretz. The shemayim of a person's body, the heaven of a person's, of a human body, is from your chin up. The orex, the earth, of a person's body is from your shoulders down. The shemayim takes in your eyes, which is the highest part of the shemayim. Whatever you see, it takes in. It gives nothing out. Your ears which is in shamayim takes in it gives nothing out your nose which smells takes in gives nothing out as far as the senses of a human being but the mouth is a very interesting point the mouth in kabbalah is considered the bridge between shamayim and oretz of every single person it does the opposite it's a two way highway it gives out words. It gives out words, which is spirituality, and it takes in the physical world by eating. It does the opposite of what the Shemayim does by only taking in the Shemayim of the mouth, the spirituality of the mouth, gives out. In the physical part of the body that gives out, the mouth takes in. The Chafetz Chaim says the mouth the neck the garon with the voices that is the bridge between Shemayim and Arez and therefore when you shecht an animal it's definitely dead because when you separate in anybody's body physically his Shemayim and his Arez you sever his neck he's dead if you sever a person's spiritual neck he is also dead we are coming Yom Kippur our power is tefillah. Our power is the connection, is the bridge between Shemayim and We want to bring Hashem from Shemayim to Oretz. The power that we have is the power of speech. Domeim, a rock. Tsemeach, a plant. Chai, an animal. Medaber, a human. That's how you describe a human Chochma, bina, Da, Seichel. No. What's above the chai, the animal? The medaber. For the animal doesn't have a shamayim v'arets. An animal only has arets. A human has shamayim v'arets. So I thought to myself, preparing this year, we we scream, Hashem Hu so many of you, Cried and you damned for shiduchim, and you died damned for fools and many women damned for shalom bias and for children. The bridge was open. It was open. Shemayim aretz. My heart, my mouth, together. Why is my list so long? So I want to answer this question with a story. With a family who had a son who needed a heart repl- a valve replacement in his heart. They looked around all over the place for doctors and they found a very, very special doctor in Boston. They checked out the hospital, they checked out the doctor. The best surgeon, the best hospital for open heart valve surgery in children was this doctor in this Boston hospital. Very excited through connections, they got an appointment, they met the doctor, he agreed to do the surgery on this young little boy. He was the best there was in the world, with the best hands, in the best hospital, with the best tools, with the best nurses. He was the man. With a lot of confidence, they came down to Boston. I'm not going to schlep the story. And the child had the surgery. Came out of surgery, in perfect shape, goes up to the room. He gets a fever. 101, 102, 103, 104, 105, 106. They're pumping with antibiotics. They're pumping away. Nothing's taking down the temperature. He goes into a coma. And within 14 hours of the surgery, the little boy passes away. They call the doctor at home. They're beeping him. They're beeping him. What happened? The boy that you did surgery on, he just passed away. Impossible. Impossible, with my hands and my team. You got the wrong boy, can't be my patient. Doctor get to the hospital, and of course the doctor came to the hospital, and he got the bad news that this young boy that he had just done open heart surgery had passed away. And he went straight to the president's office, and he walked in and he said, I made up, when I came out of medical school, that if ever a patient of mine dies because of my surgery, I will quit. And therefore, I'm giving you notice that as of today, I am no longer a surgeon in this hospital. And the president said, what are you talking about? You're the hospital. You're the whole wing. We built the whole whole surgery team on you. You can't just walk out on us. Maybe it wasn't you. Maybe it was the anesthesiologist. Maybe it was one of the nurses. He said, okay, you got a point. Maybe it wasn't me. Let me check He calls his team together, 22 of the biggest professionals. And he says, listen, we lost that child. I need to know why. I want to see each one of you. I want to see your records. You know my rule. Everyone has to have eight hours of sleep. I want to see your logs. I want to see that every one of my team had eight hours of sleep. I want blood tests. I want urine tests. I want to make sure no one's on drugs or alcohol. I want to know why this child died. And the whole team brought their lives they were all checked out eight hours ten hours blood's clean urine's clean everything's clean and the doctor comes back to the president he says i checked it out it was me i'm done and he goes to his room and he begins to collect his stuff and he's sitting there and there's a knock on the door don't bother me i don't want to hear anything right now i don't want to talk to anybody i'm out no, no, doctor, you must speak to me you, It's very important It's about the child that died I'm not interested, I made up, I'm quitting And that's it No, but it's my fault It's what? It's my fault It's your fault He runs and he opens the door And standing in front of him Is this young girl he never saw and his wife It's your fault Who are you? You're not part of my team. I know my team inside out. I never saw you before. What do you mean it's your fault? She said, let me introduce myself. My name is Anna. I've been watching you for years. You see, I'm in the prep room before you do surgery. I'm the one who sanitizes the instruments that you use. She says, okay. Okay. She says, Doctor, I'm very, very sorry. So what did you do? She said, I had all the, all the instruments for the surgery, your scalpel, everything that you, that you needed. And, and, and I thought I'd put it into the hot box. And, and, I, and, and then I got a phone call and, and I stepped outside and I came back and I, I wasn't sure. And they, were, they, they said the surgery's about to begin. And, and I just wrapped it up in a gauze and, and, and I sent it into the operating room. And and doctor, I I, I didn't sterilize your instruments. And they were still dirty from the last patient. Full of infection and bacteria. Doctor, you put bacteria into that child's heart. I'm sorry, it's my fault. And that is the answer to my question. How can we stand the holy Yom Kippur? The holy Rosh Hashanah. Open our tehillim. Open our hearts. And the list just gets longer. And the answer is, we have the best doctors. Holy Sikonias. Holy women. They know how to dive They know how to pronounce the word. They know the machsavahs that they need to have. And they go to the best hospital on Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah. Everyone to their Beit Knesset. What a great hospital with a rabbi and everyone's praying and everyone's crying and a great tea. And everything's perfect. But the patient, Klai what are we putting into that heart? What are we putting into that valve? The instrument that we use for the surgery is that bridge between Shema and Varets. The instrument is our mouth. And if we speak Lush and Hara, and if we say bad things about other people... And if we talk back to our teachers... But there's more than one instrument. What about our heart? It says you have to have a lave. It's a pebble a lave. The Rambam says a person who says with his mouth... And doesn't mean with his heart... Is not loved by HaKadosh Baruch who is He's a faker. So the heart and the mouth have to work together... Because the heart is in the arets. And the mouth is the bridge. And it's the bridge to the neshama Shiba moichi. To the neshama that rests in my head, And for them all to work together. My heart has to be pure. My heart has to be full of love. How many of us have hate in our heart for someone? For a teacher, for a parent, for a friend. And therefore, why are we surprised that the patient has 106? Because the tool that we're using to do tshuva, our heart and our mouth, is full of bacteria. And we're putting that into the heart of Klay Yisro. We're putting that into our on Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah. We're sticking that instrument, that Lashon Hara, that lays, that is jealous of another person, that doesn't forgive another person, that lave that's full of bacteria, that's what's going into my Tzila, and that's the full that's going into clyastroll, and we're wondering what's going on. So I came here tonight to help sterilize our hearts and our mouths so that the surgery, this Yom Kippur will be accepted by a Baruch Hu and the patient which is Klyasra will have a refor shalema. So I called my Rebbe today, Rabbi Gamliel. And I said, Rabbi Gamliel could I have a chutzpah to stand in front of two and a half thousand women and ask them for a tanis dibor on Yom Kippur Rabbi Gamliel can I ask two and a half thousand women not to speak from the beginning of Kol Nidre to the shofar by Nailah and I have to tell you a story that happened ten years ago tomorrow I was on my way to Eretz I went to Kosher Delight before the plane to get some food and I was standing talking to the guy next to me and I said, you know, we've got to get a lot of food we're on a plane, we got a bunch of guys and there was a lady standing there, very emotional and she turned to me and she said, you going to Eretz I said, yes she said, I have a daughter I just came from Sloan Kettering I have a daughter that was just diagnosed with a cancer in a later stage what's your name? I said Zechari Wallerstein could you do me a favor could you doubt for her when you're in Eretz Yisrael it's not a good situation and I went to Eretz Yisrael this was 10 years ago with a bunch of guys I said guys let's do a Tainas Dibba for this girl I don't know who she is I have her name let's do a Tainas Dibba no one let's not talk no talking zero talking Kol Nidre for after and they agreed came back called a woman, she said, my daughter's in chemo, so far so good, Baruch Hashem forgot about the whole story, and that was it four years ago or three years ago, I met her on Avenue J, I didn't recognize her she said, Zachai Wallstein? I'm like, yeah my daughter just got married, I should have invited her, I'm sorry, she Baruch Hashem, she went into remission and it's out, totally out but Koya. Of a tiny dibr of not speaking to clean the utensil that you use in Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is amazing. So I said, no, give me a bracha. I'm going to tell them, 2,500 women, no talking from Arab Yom Kippur till the Elah. And he said, Walla absolutely not. <laughs> and I said, and I don't have a shift for tonight, Rabbi. <laughs> so, "Well, like, why not? And he said, because they're going to come home. And it's going to be Yom Kippur. And their mother's going to say, uh, Honey, could you get this to me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and their husband's going to say, um, Could you, you know, dress the uncle, we're going to shul. And she's going to go, mm-hmm. Said, you're going to cause more trouble by making a tiny Dibber. Then not by making a Tannis Diver so I'm officially not asking anyone to do a Tannis Diver (laughs) but he did tell me to tell you the following he told me to tell you that you should accept on yourselves that from the moment you walk into Shul to the moment you walk out of Shul you will not speak a word and if you need to speak to someone, you should walk out of shul and do it. I would like to end... I ask a question, and I'd like to end with the taras. By the way, in Avinu Marcano, which is named it tonight, we say, Avinu sign Sessim Piyos Mastinenu mikatrigenu. My father, my master, my king Seal the mouth of the accuser and the prosecutor You Think very much What do you mean? The Yetzirah is a prosecutor You don't seal the mouth of a prosecutor On Yom Kippur he shows up and he says I'm prosecuting Actually he's not really working on Yom Kippur But he's prosecuting How do we close his mouth? How do you seal his mouth? And the answer is me Mida me mida by taking on this Yom Kippur that I will seal my mouth no matter what anybody says to me that's insulting I will swallow it I will not answer them back I will never answer my parents back I will talk to them but I will not answer them back then a person has the k'ayach to say Elvino Markeino my father, my master, my king Mida me mida I'm quiet my mouth is sealed his mouth has to be sealed it's a very big k'ayach I can't tell you Yes, to do a Tanis Giver, but I won't tell you not to do a Tanis Giver. <laughs> and the question is like this, and we'll answer it, and we'll give you a bracha. In Avila Malkeno, we say, Avila I say, Imanu Laman Shemecha. My father, I'm asking, do it for us, not for us, Laman Shemecha, for your name. It's the only Avila Malcano that we seem to say over a few times. Further down we say Avila Malcano again. Do it for you if not for us. And the next one, Avinamal Kano, do it for you, Mahoshiano, and save us. You said that already twice. Why do we keep repeating? Hashem, do it La do it for you. I'm gonna end this with a story of what Aseilamancha means. An unbelievable story. Which had a very big effect on me. The marshal was brought up a general who was very close to his king. But he never met the king. He fought for the king. He was one of those soldiers. You know, for the nation, for the king. He was a general that led his troops. He was always in front. And he would scream, For the king! And they would charge against the enemy. And of course, the guy in front, you know, I never understood those guys who hold the flag. They get shot right away. This general... He's... It's an English thing. I don't understand it. But anyway, this general is running. And of course, he's the first one. An arrow in the shoulder. An arrow in the stomach. An arrow through the chest. He's full of arrows. And right away, he's bleeding. Right away, the, the, the soldiers take him back to the tent. And they take the arrows out and they bandage him up. Two weeks later, he's back on his horse. He's leading again. For the king! Boom, 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 boom. Another eight arrows. Take him back. Dress him up this is going on for years his ribs are broken he's, he's a very lucky guy he must have had a very good doctor but he's, he's really he's really messed up and then he finally says you know what the, this is not working I'm giving this up and he gives it up and slowly there's a rebellion a slow rebellion against the king and he's offered a lot of money and a lot of power to turn against the king. Listen, your whole life, you're getting shot up for the king. Did he, did he, did he send you presents? Did he make you second to the king? Did he make you prime minister? Join us. And he turns sides and he becomes a rebel. His mazel, he's still with the business of the first guy. They're fighting the king. He's the first guy. He gets knocked off his horse. He gets captured. The rebellion is destroyed. It's finished. And they come to the king and they say, we, we captured someone, he was the head of them. He was the head of the rebels. What should we do to him? And he said, do I know this man? Yeah, he was once a general for you. If you're the general for me, then I will give him a choice on how and where he should die. And the general sends a message back to the king and he says, I want to die by whipping. I want to be whipped to death. And I want to die in the courtyard of the castle. Okay. The king never heard of such a thing. Such a torturous death. A slow death. To be whipped to death and in front of it. Okay. So he invites everyone to come watch this rebel be killed slowly by whipping. Everyone should see it and learn a lesson not to rebel against the king. And there he is, this general, standing in the middle of the courtyard with his hands tied to a post. And the executioner is standing there with a whip, and the king says, let's do it, go ahead. And the executioner takes this general's shirt, and he rips it. And there's a gasp in the crowd that's watching, for they have never seen such a grotesque body. Broken, scarred from all those wounds that he suffered. And the king looks at this body and he says, What happened to this man? And the executioner walks over and says, The king wants to know, What happened to you? And the general turns to the executioner and says, If you untie my hands, I'll tell the king. And he runs back to the king and the king says, Sure, 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 let's go, let's get this done. And he unties his hand and standing in front of everyone like this crowd, it's quiet, there's not a sound and the king turns and says rebel your body is grotesque how did this happen and the rebel general turns to the king and says you want to know how this happened I was your general I ran out in front every time when I was fighting for you this scar and this scar and this wound and this broken rib You know why it happened? For you. I did it because you were my king. And everyone was looking at the king. What is the king going to do? And the king began to cry and the king said, Put your shirt back on. Come here, sit next to me. And the man put his shirt back on. Whatever was left of it, tattered. And he came up to the king and the king got up and said, This rebel is no rebel at all. That body that you see, he took because I was his king. From now on, he will live in my palace. He will be part of my kingdom. Says the Dutmah Magid, three times in the Vino Volcano, we tell HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I say Lamancha, Rabbi Wallerstein's list, all the pain in Clayest Yisrael, the Holocaust, six million Jews, a million children, the Spanish Inquisition, everything from the day we were called in Ivery, including the triumph, all that pain and suffering. All that scars is because you are our king. I say La Mancha, we did it for you. All the suffering and Gullus, all the broken hearts, it's because we're Jews, because we picked you as our king. Can you punish us now? And therefore we end. the al-Kainu. Yes, we're rebels. Oh, we're rebels. We don't do what we're supposed to do. But, everything we are, the Gullus that we're in, we're in Gullus because we're Klaus Yisrael. And therefore, on Yom Kippur, Baruch Hu, the whole list the agunos, the shalom bias problems, the children at risk. Why is this happening? Because we live in a goos. And you shall lie in there was no agunos. There was no abuse hotline when there was a Beitamigosh. There was two bars when girls would walk out and there would be made. The reason we look like what we look like is because of you. Because we are your generals. Yes, we're rebels. But the scars that Klai have. Jews, it said, on the yellow star that we wore in the Holocaust. Because we were Jews, we were killed. We're rebels, we deserve it. Put our shirts back on, Akrish Let us sit next to you again. In the base Hamidash and in Eretz just want to end with a little metaphor. The girls of Arnav know this story, but it was sent to me from Shemaim, and therefore I must repeat it. A, a woman called me three months ago. She said, Rabbi Wallace, you tell stories? My daughter. Would like to tell you a story. Okay? She's a special child, but we'd like to meet you. I said, sure. I met this girl in Ornava one night upstairs. She said, Rabbi Wallerstein, did you ever hear the story of the moth? I said, anyone who knows anything about Ornava, I talk a lot about the story of the butterfly. And why Hashem created a caterpillar becoming a butterfly, the suffering in the cocoon, the metamorphosis, the losing who you were. I used to have 22 little legs, now I have wings. And that our novel is here to teach us how to fly and how to use those wings. I'm always talking about the butterfly. She said, no, Rabbi Wallerstein, I want you to know the story of the moth. I said, what story could this be? But you know what? Tell me the story of the moth. She says, Reverend Wallerstein, there was a little girl sitting on a porch one day in a meadow with her grandmother, and there were butterflies flying all over the place. And all of a sudden, this big, fat, gray moth landed on the porch. And the little girl got up, took her slippers, and said, I'm going to kill that moth. And the grandmother said, No, 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 Sheyf no, no, no. Don't kill it. You know the story of the moth? And the little girl said, No. She said, I'll tell you an unbelievable story. Now I have to tell everyone here, this is not a madrish. And this is not a Chazal. Do not repeat this as a Medrash or a Chazal. And this girl, this girl is telling me this story with her whole heart. And she says, the grandmother turns to this little girl and says, When Hashem created the world, He created butterflies. And He gave them all His colors. Beautiful. And then... Hashem saw Ben Ashmash was ready when he was to, the whole world was going to be finished. He saw that the people are going to be bad. And Hashem said, I got to create a rainbow. A rainbow has to be created immediately. But he had no colors. So he said, I'll get some back from the, from, from the butterflies. So he went to the butterflies and he said, I'd like to create a rainbow. I need some of my colors. And the butterfly said, Sorry. Kushbarchu, you gave it to us. No backsees. We're not giving it back. And a group of butterflies flew to Hashem and said, Hashem, you gave us the beauty, it's yours. And the grandmother turned to her granddaughter and said, you see that big fat ugly moth? It's much more beautiful than a butterfly. For that is a butterfly that gave up its colors for Hashem. We may look like in this gullus. Their kids at risk in the situations that are going on. We may look at like to the world like a big fat moth. But HaKadosh Baruch who knows. All the colors that we gave up. The Beis the Karbanos, we say on Yom Kippur. Mare Koyen, the most beautiful thing in the world, watching a Koyen Gadol do the Avayda on Yom Kippur. That was the butterfly. Wow! We read it. I am We're in awe. The big Hamidash. Unbelievable. The beauty. We are more beautiful. We're the moth. Two thousand years. We gave away our colors. For you, Hashem. We are much more beautiful than a butterfly. That is the story of the moth. May HaKadosh Baruch Look down on Klai that Let everyone here take something on to talk a little bit less to fix the bridge to change your heart not to be jealous Don't judge the whole thing is Chana the whole thrill is based on Chana Chana turned to Ali and she said you're judging me wrong I am a woman and there are so many of us today, I am a woman who cannot express my pain because pain in words is not such bad pain but I'm in so much pain, I don't have words her lips were moving but nothing was coming out and Aileen looked at us and he said is there such a thing as a, someone in so much pain that they can't say words you must be shaken. and she turned to him and she said you don't have Ruach you don't see who I am you would know that I didn't drink. And why did he think she was shikar? Why the word shikar is a very deep word? Because what happens when a person drinks wine? When a person drinks wine, his secrets come out. So he saw in her prayer, in Chana's prayer, that her guts were coming out. Her heart was coming out. Her secrets were coming out. She must be drunk. And she turned to him She said, No, I'm not drunk. I'm drunk with pain. She knew what it meant to feel in her heart. We need to make, fix the bridge, girls. To fix our hearts. And to fix our our mouth. And to fix the bridge between Shema and Baaretz. And in that schutz, there's rat Hashem. Hashem will give us back our colors. With the coming of Mashiach. Thank you. Thank you.